I'm Shannon Ray. Cooking and enjoying meals with friends and family has always been a big part of my life. So many of my most cherished memories growing up involve food and time spent together in the kitchen. And much of what I learned then has defined who I am as a cook today. So let's take a trip down memory lane to explore the connections between food, family, our unique traditions, and how they shape our food philosophy today. This is A Taste of Home. Hi everyone, today on the podcast I'm joined by my good friend Mike Ronchka. For work, Mike measures the social impact of corporate philanthropy for one of Canada's largest financial institutions. For fun, he enjoys cooking, canoeing, and hiking with his wife and adorable dog Murphy. And he's joining us today from his home in Hamilton, Ontario. So hi, Mike. Thank you so much for being on the pod, our inaugural guest. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thanks, Shannon. I'm really excited that you were able to ask me to be your first guest. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I do want to talk about um, your childhood, growing up, getting into all of that. But before we do, uh, I know that you and I are very alike in that we've been spending a lot of time in this self-isolation period cooking, baking. Uh, I've seen your stories on Instagram. Tell me a little bit about that. Is how has that sort yeah. of changed during isolation? Find it therapeutic? Totally, all of the above. Uh, so when I was going into work in Toronto every day, I had like next to no time when I got home to cook. So Mel and I would kind of split it up, and we'd basically just get some food on the table as fast as possible. And on the weekends, I do something a little bit more elaborate when I had some free time. So the COVID era has been awesome for just like having all day if I want to to do something really low and slow like ribs or pulled pork or try out a new recipe and start figuring out it at lunchtime get something marinating and then throw it on after dinner and been doing a little bit of everything like before COVID I would try maybe one new recipe a month and now I'm trying two or three recipes every yeah. week and I'm cooking things that you know I've been on my to cook list for years so it's uh, I'm having a really good time I bake a loaf of bread every week I moved up awesome. from tiny little loaves to these four pound loaves. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. Wowza. Yeah. If you're not spending an hour on dinner prep, you're you really, your you're, you're just phoning it in basically. Exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's jump right in. I'd love to know about what food and cooking was like for you growing up. Some of your earliest mm-hmm. food memories. Was it mom and dad in the kitchen? Was it just mom? Were you guys invited in? What was that like for you guys? Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and uh, and we when we first started talking this uh, last week, I was uh, thinking about I guess the winter when we would just eat a lot of boiled potatoes and cabbage because I'm half Polish <laughs> and uh, and half Irish, and that was what we ate growing up. Uh, and my mom worked and my dad worked, so when they came home after work, it was like, how can we get dinner on the table in 20 minutes for five kids? So it was just you know throw it in a pot, boil it till it's within an inch of its life and throw it on a plate and that's the salt and pepper and butter. Uh, but then like lately I've been kind of thinking about, no, during the summertime when we're up at the cottage, my mom was professor. So she was off all summer. And that's where we would start to eat like these really great meals because they would pick up fresh fruits and vegetables from places on the road all the way up. And then, you know, Friday night we'd be out there shucking corn outside or sitting down on the dock for 20 minutes and there'd be like, green stuff everywhere and silk all over us. And, 
Then yeah. we would sit down and we'd have like ribs or fresh fish and corn and potato salad and green beans and asparagus early on. And like we would eat totally fresh vegetables and it was just a totally different kind of experience in those two months where we're off and all the produce and Ontario was in season. So that's, that's kind of what I was thinking about. And uh, the one thing that really stuck out, I know we were talking about butter tarts last week because I think I just baked yep. 40 and eaten 36 of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bad week. Uh, but potato salad, when I really like kind of thought about it, the one thing that stuck out as a classic family, Rajka family recipe and like both sides of the family, because it's a potato based dish, obviously was potato yeah. salad. And that was like one of my all time favorites growing up and still is today. That's awesome. And I was thinking about when you were saying like, it was sort of all hands on deck. Like, do you remember that being sort of like, was it a chore or was it something that you guys sort of came to enjoy? Well, I think it depends on who you ask. I loved it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, got home from school, was kind of bored. Mom's home. Oh, dinner. And it's exciting. Everyone's stressed. For her, it was definitely a chore. Uh, and she, she taught us to cook by making it our responsibility a couple nights yeah. a week. So that was like, I learned to cook pretty young. And, you know, I'm sure it wasn't great. It was like craft dinner kind of thing or, you know, burgers. But uh, I definitely got that taste for just kind of cooking things and throwing it in the pot and seeing what happened uh, while I was in elementary school. Yeah, I think you really learn from doing right. And that's how you build up your your confidence. And I know when I talk to a lot of people who are not confident in the kitchen, it's it's that they didn't necessarily the, the kitchen and cooking was sort of off limits to them growing up, right. And then over yeah. time, you just sort of grow like this uncertainty and, and not knowing sort of how to do those those basics. So that was the same for me. And I'm, I'm very thankful that that my mom got us in there, got us in there young. I want yeah. to talk a little bit more about some of those like standout dishes from your childhood. So you've mentioned the butter tarts, you've mentioned mm-hmm. the potato salad. Like, were these things that, um, you know, there was a particular focus on them? Like, did they come out during celebrations or, um, you know, was, was the Ronchka potato salad like the most requested at potlucks or family gatherings or the butter tarts, for example? And I'm kind of curious, like, where those, those standouts mm-hmm. in your mind, where you think they came from? Are they passed down from generations? Did they just sort of become favorites among your sort of immediate family? Kind of curious about, like a merge. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the butter tarts were definitely Grandma O'Brien on my mother's side thing. Uh, they were like a Christmas classic. They didn't get made really any other time throughout the year. But around Christmas, she would make like zillions of these things. And anytime you went over to her house in the month of December, you could count on butter tarts. And they've been one of my favorite things ever since. But they're like, if you've ever done pastries, which I have as of two months ago in COVID, uh, like it's a bit finicky if you get the temperature wrong yeah. or if you use the wrong proportions, like, or even overhandling it, the warmth in your hands can throw them off. So like that was never my mom's thing. She was always just kind of get it on the table, but my grandmother made them and they're amazing. Uh, and then the potato salad was more my mom's thing, I guess. And I was thinking like you, we were talking earlier about how, you know, is it a family classic or a family recipe? And I was like, no, like my mom made it. But then I was thinking, you know, when she was learning to cook, there was no internet. There may have been the odd magazine or something. Yeah. But this must have been something my grandmother cooked for. Like, where else would she have gotten it from? Potato salad. Not even like, there's no lettuce in there. It's not really a salad. It's just potato and mayonnaise and eggs and celery, depending on, you know, which side of that controversy you you land on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good point. I feel like the generation before us, and, and I think to a lesser extent today, but it, a lot of it was just about sort of what you had on hand. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, just sort of learning as you go about sort of what flavors make sense together. And I think a little less reliance on recipes. I know for me, uh, especially mm-hmm. trying new things, I'm always sort of, I'm, you know, you quickly, quickly go to the internet, like you said, and it just sort of gives you that Google confidence. It. So yeah. I have such a, I have such an appreciation for cooks who can just sort of put stuff together on the fly, look in the, look in the fridge and see what's there and whip something up. Um, well, but very- what a grocery store would have been like 40 years ago or 50 years ago, like when you weren't shipping oranges in year round, yeah. you had like potatoes and beets and cabbage in the winter. It would have been awful. Yeah, for sure. I have an important question, it, perhaps controversial. The butter tarts, mm. raisins, mm-hmm. no raisins. Definitely with, definitely controversial, yeah. definitely wow. with. But a polarizing I think I'm question. in minority, quite polarizing. People hate raisins. That was my takeaway. No, I'm sure you got lots of comments about that on Instagram. All about hating raisins. So many comments. <laughs> no good job, Mike. Well, those both sound like amazing dishes. And so now I'm just sort of curious to know how some of your family food philosophy uh, in general, some of the things that you've adopted into your sort of cooking style and into your home now, do you find yourself um, going back to recipes that you remember from childhood Um, you know, do you guys, do you and Mel cook together? Is it more of a solo thing? And, you know, just sort of reflecting on how you're growing up, do you think there's some lessons or some habits that you developed then that you, you definitely feel are, are things that you're tied to now? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so even the fact that I think that I, I cook everything from scratch, uh, you know, we don't eat a lot of frozen meals and we don't even buy like a lot of frozen vegetables. We try and buy kind of fresh food and, uh, and just cook from a recipe, I think, uh, is definitely something I learned growing up. Um, and I, I kind of realized that when I met my wife and we started cooking together and she wasn't really comfortable following a recipe on her own. You know, she didn't know some of those sort of basic cooking terms when they say to slice it or dice it or brown it or whatever, do, you know, a third of this, like she was kind of, she struggled a little bit. So um, it, it was sort of eye opening to me that uh, I had sort of learned all this stuff through osmosis about cooking that uh, I didn't even really realize where, you know, she didn't have, I think that opportunity with her parents growing up to just help them out in the kitchen and really like probably slow them down and get in the way. Uh, so right. I, I think I'm like lucky. My mom had the patience to try and spend two hours getting me to cook macaroni and cheese once in a while. It was like, you learn what overcooking pasta is and when you salt the water, and how much to put it in and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think I think that was really helpful. The other thing that I learned growing up and still to this day shapes the way I eat is uh, is that it's not dinner if it doesn't have a potato or at least a carb. And rice is like borderline, not a carb. Yeah, it's practically like a salad. Yeah, yeah. So every meal it's got like a starch or something. And you know, I I still if I eat a meal like a vegetable salad or a chicken salad or something with the uh, kale and vegetables and feta cheese and, and chicken, like it's hearty. It's a hearty meal but I don't feel full afterwards. So I'll go back and I'll eat like, I'll cook myself a baked potato or I'll have a big slice of bread or something. And that, then I feel full. I feel like I've had dinner. And I like, my wife doesn't feel that way. Cause she doesn't have this deep connection to potatoes from her childhood. Right. The way I- right. It's the Polish in you. It's the Polish. It's the Irish. It's everything. My mom's philosophy was if it's not a potato, it's not a meal. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting too. I find even in our home with specific ingredients, like things that I'm really familiar with or that are, are staples to me, you know, like the potato is to you uh-huh. are just like what, so completely foreign what are to, your staples? to Chris. Um, 
I don't know if it would necessarily be like a staple ingredient, but I think it's very much in line with what you're saying about how you sort of view a complete meal. So for mm-hmm. us growing up, it was always sort of like a protein, a carb, and one or two vegetables, and um, mm-hmm. no meal was ever complete without something sweet. Really? So even if I'm like full stuffed to the brim, uh-huh. like there's always room for like a piece of dark chocolate or like a small sweet. And that was just like, we, we just, every meal ended with that growing up. Um, really and I nice. can't, I can't sort of break away from that habit. And Chris will look at me and say like, we just had a huge meal. Like how can we possibly eat more? I'm like, well, it's not done until I, you know, have my sweet. So Caps yeah. Out the meal. Would you guys I do think... something before? Would you do like appetizers or was it straight, straight into dinner for you guys? No, straight into dinner. Yeah, always straight, yeah. straight into dinner. I think my mom was a lot like yours, right? It was just yeah. like front frantic, like trying to get, trying to get food on the table. And yeah. I was going to ask if you thought a lot of this stuff was sort of conscious, like, you know, always kind of grabbing for the potato or if you just thought it was something that kind of ended up being ingrained in you. Well, for a while I rejected potatoes and we just oh. didn't buy them. And I always felt that something was missing from my meals. So lately I've just started buying these Costco bags of rusted potatoes. And I like, I feel more complete when I'm eating, eating dinner now. I've cooked potatoes three times this week. Interesting. You're now, you're now ready to embrace the yeah, potato. my heritage. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's kind of yeah. making me, it's kind of making me crave potatoes. It's, you know, bake them, boil them, broil them. Can't go wrong. You really Hash can't brown go wrong. Them. I made rusted potatoes two weeks ago. Oh, Sounds delicious. What? Well, this might move right in nicely to how I was hoping we could end our time together. And was just first to say thank you so much for being our, our inaugural guest and for a great conversation. Um, and just if you had any fun recipes or tips that you wanted to share with the audience, food, food related or otherwise. Yeah. So I just want to share this closing thought on potato salad. Um, Every potato salad is unique. You will never like anyone else's as much as I think that you will like your own. And take the time. Make potato salad three times a week for an entire summer until you figure out what it means to you. And I can tell you for me, uh, there's a couple things that set it apart. It needs to be a 60-40 blend of mayonnaise to vinegar. And on the vinegar side, it has to be a little bit of apple cider vinegar, but also the mustard brings out the vinegar flavor. Mm. So you obviously need like the the whole grain mustard. uh, So a tablespoon of that, but then believe it or not, a tablespoon of yellow mustard. It it seems like, you know, kind of a cheap condiment that you put on a hot dog, but it's totally like vinegary and it just makes the whole thing just pop. Um, And then obviously also some pickles as well. Uh, So I just like to leave everyone with that. And if you're looking for some basic tips on uh, on how to get the potatoes right and how to make sure that they, they're cooked, but they don't fall apart, I highly recommend uh, the Serious Eats recipe by uh, Kenji Lopez. Uh, he's easily my, my go-to resource on the internet when I'm looking. Uh, and I used his potato salad recipes, the, the foundation for what I think is my own uh, distinctive and unique blend of potato salad today. Amazing. That sounds yeah. delicious and potato salad is definitely going in the rotation for this week. I will make it for you next time I see you as well. And then maybe we can have a potato salad tasting contest. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, This has been great. Hey, thanks for having me. Always love to talk about food. Always love to talk. And we have (laughs) fun conversations. Yeah. This has been great. 
Thanks everyone for tuning in to the first episode of A Taste of Home. And thank you to our inaugural guest, Mike Ronchka, for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and distributed using Anchor Podcast. And a big thank you to my talented husband, Chris Ray, for creating our original music. Join us next week for another fun and tasty episode.